Greetings and welcome to the Elm City Lit Fest podcast. The Elm City Lit Fest is a celebration of literary arts, literary artists, and literature of the Af of the African diaspora. We are based here in New Haven, Connecticut. We are on tonight talking about how we connect African American culture and African diaspora culture and disconnecticut. I'm Ife Michelle Gardine. This is my Lit Fest team, Emily Mayo and Sean McAllister. Tonight, we are so happy to have our friends from the northeast part of the state, New London. They are Juanita and Josh. And they're, yes. they're, they're called Culture. <laughs> Fuck. It's lit. It's lit. It's lit. Like we want to, re we're representing the state of Connecticut. We have Hartford split over in the middle of Hartford and Hartford. We got some stuff happening in Bridgeport and we got New London tonight and Haven represented. Welcome, welcome, Josh and Juanita. Good to be here. Cultured AF. <laughs> so how did you all come up with that name? That's the first question I like to ask. Oh, uh, that's a funny story. I like telling this one. Um, so I was, you know, texting with one of my guy friends. Always shout out to Freddie. Um, so, you know, I like to go to art shows and different things like that. And, you know, it's easy to get my girlfriends to come with me. And I was trying to get a group of my guy friends to come with me. Um, so I was texting Freddie and I was like, you know, you guys really need some culture in your life, you know, joking around with him. And he was like, well, I'm cultured, you know, culture that's fuck. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. Um, that's it. And so from that moment, I kind of just ran with the name. Like within a week, I had the domain name. I had the logo created. And from there, like everything kind of sparked. So, you know, I always thank Freddie for like being that inspiration coming up with that name because it's dope. Yes, it is. It is so dope. <laughs> I love it. And it, it, it also encompasses so much right. because, because people, uh, Black people and people from the African diaspora, we call it as Exactly. <laughs> We so cultured that people try to appropriate our culture. Don't they? All the time. Yeah, and I just wanted something that kind of like, you know, was in your face, something that kind of, you know, a lot of times I think people think of the art world as being so pretentious or like uppity. And I really wanted something that was like real, raw, and it was like for everybody, you know? And so that was, it was perfect kind of name when he when he said that and and it kind of just encapsulated everything that I wanted for the brand and you know what I wanted to move forward with. And how did y'all yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, sorry. laughs> get, <laughs> get started and um, how did the uh, the black community uh, kind of respond to y'all? Yeah. Um, so I got started in uh, January of 2019. And like I said, right after I got the name, it was like kind of wildfire. So I started, you know, getting the branding and everything together. Um, when I first envisioned it, you know, it was really supposed to be just like a lifestyle brand. I was just going to be promoting arts and culture within specifically the Black community and the Black community within London. 
Um, so it kind of just started off as like as a social media thing with me posting different things. Um, people really sort of gravitated to the brand and to the idea. Um, I was still, you know, hosting some other events at another organization. So um, people kind of knew me for hosting, you know, open mics and different things like that in London. Um, and then within, I believe, a few months after I kind of launched Cultures um, in April of 2019 is where I actually got Cultured Studios. Um, and that became the space that became our hub of, you know, everything that we did, um, the center of events. Um, so we did open mics, um, live music events, we had game nights, and that really became a social London. And I think that people really gravitated to it and appreciated it because there really wasn't a center for a long time like that, that focused on focused on black people and centered us in that way within the arts and just being, um, allowing us to be ourselves and come in our full selves without having to code switch, without having to, you know, to try to fit into anything. Um, and I think within New London, it was really, you know, the love that we got from um, coaching was amazing. Um, we've been doing talking shit for a year now, and almost every single event has been, you know, packed and sold out, which is amazing. Um, and we've had people come from across, you know, Connecticut. Um, we've had people travel from New York. There's people that have come an hour away to come to events and programs that we've done. Um, so it's just, it's amazing. The love is real. Definitely. I've been to some of the talk your shit, mm -hmm. and it's it's a vibe every time <laughs> it's like you pull up to new london wow. in this kind of sterile area right it's like you get there and you could feel it like you it's like this this is where the people are like when you walk in the door how you have the space set up it encompasses everything that's being said and my brother i've seen y'all in bridgeport too at poets realm yeah and yep. i've and i've loved how you all have connected it, that people are taking that drive up 95 with no problem exactly. Exactly. So what, that's real. what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say that's been you know part of our mission. We've been talking about yeah. it's like making sure that we're going out and supporting you know the other arts and programs that are going on in Connecticut. And like you guys said, you know, disconnecting. You know, you guys call it disconnecticut because sometimes it feels like we're so disconnected, uh, disconnected um, in the state. So you know, I love that you guys focus on that, and that's sort of something that we focus on too. We wanted to feel that connection with all of our communities, you know, across Connecticut. Because folks, I feel like when people think of Connecticut, they don't think there's there's black people here, or that exactly. there's a culture here, or that everyone feels like you have to go to Boston or New York, but no, like, it's going down right here with the same talent, with the same energy. Yeah. What were some of the disconnects you all felt between the art world and black people in New London, or just in general? Yeah. Um, well, within New London, I felt like, at least for adults, we definitely have some youth-focused um, programs that focus on black youth, um, black and brown youth. But for adults, I felt like there really wasn't a place in London um, where, you know, adults can go and enjoy the arts. Um, you know, we have a few different arts-focused um, nonprofits in London, but the programming is not for, you know, our community. London, as people, you know, don't realize, it's a very, very diverse um, town. You know, it's small, only six square miles, but we have so much diversity here. Um, it's mostly populated by, honestly, um, Black people um, of the diaspora, um, Hispanic people. We have a lot of a big Haitian um, 
population here. And, you know, none of the programs I feel like really reflect that in the arts. Um, even with it, you know, we, if you come to New London, you'll see there's a lot of murals down here and most of them aren't done by, you know, any of us, um, which is something that grinds my gears a little bit. Um, so yeah, and I just, it, it's annoying because it's like, I felt like in South, Southeastern Connecticut, um, you know, where we're at, I felt like there was a void. And I felt like we had to travel to Hartford, we had to travel to New Haven, to Bridgeport, in order to do a lot of these amazing programs I'm doing here now in London. Uh, because within this like little section of Connecticut, I felt like we were in a void of uh, these kind of programs. So, so with that, um, one big thing about Connecticut is a lot of people are told that they have to move out of Connecticut. Like, when are you going to get out? Um, I, I was one of those people. I actually had moved out. I was in D.C. When I came back home, I was looking for a place to do poetry. They said, uh, you go to Bridgeport, go some other places, Hartford. And then someone was like, well, you know, there's this person, Juanita, that does an open mic. And even when I came to um, her open mic there, she was doing um, you know, flash forward to her having her own space, her own programs, you can see that completely different vibe, like Che just said, um, that, you know, Juanita was really able to cultivate and come, honestly, I'll say, re-energize the poetry scene, spoken word scene in New London. And definitely a, a big help being able to connect with Bridgeport, connect with people in other places of Connecticut. And um, like, you, like we were talking about before, really show that we can come show support and they can come show support out in London. So it's been amazing. And really, I'm a big up Juanita because she's, she's been doing some heavy lifting making this work. <laughs> and I have to say, I can relate to leaving um, because for many years, um, the, I, like I worked for several arts organizations in New Haven. I probably repeat myself all the time, but I've worked for almost all the arts organizations in New Haven as like the as like myself and um Alita State and Hala at Alita um work as the only ones in the room. Or there's like people who always want you to color be the crayon to color their page because they like like you said there's a lot of youth based programs but they're always run by by white women or or white people. They, they, and then we have the plantation of Yale. We smack dab, or we the plantation of Yale in New Haven. So mm -hmm. we get we get like Yale students coming through <laughs> on their way because you know when they when they come here as a student, they're told don't go out of the bubble. Yep, same, same thing. And same. you got Con College, same thing, yeah. right? Don't go out of the bubble. Three in New London, people don't realize we have Mitchell College, yes. Con College, and the Coast Guard. And New London doesn't feel like a college town because they they don't integrate into the city at all. Um, and I I heard from other people, other students from Con College that have been told, don't go into New London. Um, so I heard of, I I was on a, in another meeting for something else, uh, not too like last week. And a white woman that grew up in New Haven said her daughter, as a freshman at Yale last year, they were in freshman orientation. Now they still live in New Haven, and they still tell them, "We can't protect you outside of this bubble. New Haven is this, that, and the third. And the woman is looking at them like her daughter went to high school in New Haven. She right. grew up here. She's like mad. Right. That and that's just to say. And also, then then they turn around and they become juniors or seniors. And then they got it. It's like, oh, 
we have this money so you could go do a program for the people we just told yep. you. Yep. Yep. The people that work at the college are the people that you're supposed to stay away from. The people that that clean up after you, the people that keep your paperwork going through. That that annoys me. But anyway, nope. back nope. on the connection. Right. Because we could talk about the other all the time. We create, like I created Elm City, because I left, I left, I went to live in Brooklyn. That's my that's my second home. And and I lived in DC um long time briefly a long ago. But I was seeking the culture in other places. And right. there's so much talent that we have here that we gotta cultivate what we have. So sometimes right. you gotta bloom where you go. So yep. God kept bringing me back. I had to say, okay, let me let me just. So Lit Fest was created, and and we was gonna be live, but COVID made us pivot. So we pivoted. <laughs> That's what we we're so glad, so glad that there's other things happening along the state. Go ahead, Sha. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> How have you all pivoted in this time? Like what have you gone to completely online? I saw that this kind of a hybrid model for talk your shit. So how has that been having to still keep your audience? But it but I'm seeing that you're still getting the same love. And I think that comes from the genuineness of what you're doing and being a safe haven. Yeah. Uh who so yeah, COVID's been interesting. Um so when it you know, we first got into COVID and the, the, um, quarantine. We've done a few um, different online um, online events. So we've done live music events. Um, we hosted a couple of the talk of shits just for virtually. Right. We've done a few panels. Um, DJ battle. DJ battle. Yeah. Um, so we played around with some different events and platforms, you know, to see what we liked. Um, we definitely didn't want to go too heavy with it, um, especially right away, because we know that people are, you know, get fatigued from this a lot. Um, so we wanted to make sure we're being really intentional and trying to, you know, space out the virtual programs, make sure we're giving, you know, people quality content and what they want and not just like blasting them with a bunch of stuff because we feel like we need to be doing something during this time. Yes, yeah. it's, it's been a challenge. That's that's the best word. Um, so us um, on the side of programming and hosting things, it's like it's hard to try to fill the vibe out when you're doing an open mic. Um, me as like a performer or other performers, you don't get that same energy transfer when you're performing and you get someone that's like, mm, or you know, they're snapping. You don't really get that as much. So um, the last event, which I think the DJ battle, what I loved about that that we did is we try to always make it as um interactive. interactive as possible so one of us is on the comments responding we had giveaways we had someone live painting in the corner so we could bring in that and then we could write and then even in that sense we i was like ask a question and the artist was actually mailing them artwork so it they'll have a tie-in yeah they could come see us and pick up a shirt that we gave them so it's it's more than just you know a zoom meeting, just watching just yeah. watching they have that still interaction it's, it's tangible yeah so. i'm glad you said that i think that's a big part yeah. of you know why people enjoy a lot of the programs that yeah. we do so we're trying to make it feel as as possible as possible even if we're virtual um and then so just this past uh friday that was our first um in-person event that we've done, you know, since all of this started. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely a challenge, you know, trying to manage a live event, yes. also with um, doing the um, the live stream. 
So that was definitely a learning curve for this first one. So now I'm already like, my gears are turning for the next one about how to manage that better. So I can make sure I'm giving the people at home just a great experience as, you know, if they were, if they were here in person. So I'm always thinking about that. Um, you know, when I had studios, I always wanted people to feel like they were walking into my home, walking into my living room with each event that they were feeling welcomed into. So um, I'm always thinking about how can I create that feeling for people, um, no matter what we're doing. Ooh. That's that's great because now my gears are turning like for our weekend, yeah. in a few weeks. <laughs> right. How do we keep people? Yeah. How do we keep people um, engaged? And they're all different types of right. as well. So um, yeah, that's and I also I work in. Yale School of Drama, um, and they're going through the same thing, the exact same thing. Like, how do we, how do we produce? How do we do any of this? Right. Yes. And how do we go to school? <laughs> oh yes. Like, in this container, right? Um, and yeah, I was actually interesting going back to um, New London as like pseudo college town. Like, have y'all reached out to any of the colleges? To, yeah. Um, to work with them and um, in any of your events? Yeah, so I actually work at Connecticut College in the art department. Um, so I actually just had a really great um, discussion with my department head. And, you know, they said to me, I really, you know, because especially because a lot of their programs right now are kind of on halt. Um, you know, my department head was like, we really need to be reaching out to the New London arts community um, as well as um, black organizations in New London. So um, it felt really good to, you know, hear that from, you know, my department head um, and knowing that they want to reach out, they want to collaborate. So those are, cons um, you know, conversations that we're having now um, about how we can get them um, involved. Um, I've reached out to different, you know, departments on campus with, um, there was one person that uh, worked at the Unity House, which is kind of like their uh, Black student union um, collaborative. Unfortunately, she's gone, um, but that was sort of my connection there. And we were like formulating different ideas, you know, to connect um, kind of college with what we're doing in culture in London. Um, but honestly, other than that, there hasn't been much yet, um, but that's a project that I'm gonna be working on, you know, within the next coming months hopefully getting some students um, over to uh, culture to intern, um, working on that. So I'm trying to, you know, integrate more into the colleges and get them integrated, not just in culture, but within London overall. Right. right. Yeah, because I find it's interesting that a lot of times um, Black people come to Yale as students, as professors, visiting professors or whatever, and, and they don't think that like they they go to New York to get a haircut, right? right. Yeah. But like there's no like there's something right up the street. You you don't have to go to New York get your hair braided or your haircut. You can go right up the street. You know what I mean? And there's restaurants and there's a whole like you said a whole culture that we have to cultivate. What about the relationship with the arts organizations in in New London? Because I know you know Connecticut um, has. <laughs> like the the what is that the the arts and culture department for the state like yeah. with like this mecca for arts and culture for the arts yeah. but for the arts okay but 
we are under under underrepresented. There's a few of us that get in there, right. but like I said earlier, we the crayons the color the page, and then they flip the page, and it's all white again. Because right. after they get one thing, or or they want to, you know, come in and do something in our community without like engaging anybody in community or using the local artists to do that. So um, what do you find those challenges? <laughs> but now Black Lives Matter, right? Black Lives Matter. So everybody trying to make their, their Black Lives Matter statements right. and yes. sound with us and we was already here, we was already down. That's why we created our own thing. Right. So within that, are you structuring your leverage? Like we we have to leverage for ourselves. And right. I, if they listening, then they listening because mm -hmm. they know how I feel. Right. <laughs> start. I'll start uh, because we got a lot. So, um, so <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll start it to you this way. It says a lot because you know I'm I'm a teacher as well, um, and I teach poetry. It says a lot when you invite people in to teach poetry. Um, and I have to now talk to, you know, teenage girls um, who are, you know, Hispanic teenage girls of color. Um, I have to diffuse the situation between a board member and teenage girls. And so it's like, if you're really about the culture and you really are about here the for, the, for the community, it shouldn't be an issue that you can't even communicate with the students that you quote unquote want to help. Um, and it says a lot when, you know, me being a, I can, I'm, I'm, I'm good enough to be your staff member, but I'm not good enough to be invited as uh, artist in an artist in the residency program. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then, you know, what are you really saying? Who are you really here to serve? Um, and, and who do you really want to keep around? Or, you know, um, hey, I'm a poet, I'm a rapper. If you guys have any space and um, I can come perform, but you're asking me to volunteer and take tickets then you're but not you don't respect my art. You're not respecting my artistry, right? But you respect it enough to teach poetry. But you can take my labor. But you can take right. my labor. Right. So, but, but you don't want to pay for it. But you don't right. want to pay for it, right? And so you see a lot of times that um, in London, a lot of the funding goes towards the organizations that are predominantly white, and um, and then when you see the people that they're hiring or you know bringing in, it's predominantly white. You see the murals. Is predominantly white um, to the point where we're now we're having discussions about paint and graffiti, and then someone comes in and a white artist paints over it with a mural, and now it's acceptable. What are we really talking about as far as acceptable, as far as art, and as far as what what are you telling the people in your community? Um, and and we could talk about this for days. Yeah, my biggest issue is with these nonprofits that like to hold around the fact that they're serving <laughs> an undeserved community or we're here for the community or whatever, you know, we're serving certain populations and we're not, you know, but they're, this is what they write in their mission. This is what they write on their grant their grants to get the money, but programming is not reflecting um, what they say they're serving. They're, you know, the events and the people that, you know, go to them, that's not the populations that you claim that you're serving. Um, behind closed doors, you can talk about not. Um, we don't have to care about New London. It's not our job to to help um, to help artists. It's not our job to give out handouts. Um, we don't want artists on welfare living here. Well, you're a nonprofit. You are welfare. Um, that that's literally what nonprofit. 
but you're, you're afraid of bringing in working artists into your residency, but that's literally what you claim to do. It's supposed to be a residency for low income individuals, but you don't want low income individuals in your residency. So, right. So there's or you just don't want the children that you are serving to see someone that right. is like them or from right. where they are from that's doing that. Because then it devalues what we do in our community. That like it's a it's a double-edged sword, right? Our community devalues our art because somebody I, I've had dancer friends, yeah, a church or an organization, a black organization will ask them to dance at their program for mm -hmm. free. Yeah. Yep. They'll have a whole dinner yeah. and invite someone, a dance company, they'll be to, to dance and entertain people at their dinner, but they won't have a table for the people in the dance company right. to oh. eat at. Right. Or they won't have some like say, oh, you know, just come for this segment of the time and we'll pay you. They don't, they don't, they don't include that in their budget. So it's a double-edged sword. Yes. You know, and people think that. The, the segregation just happened in the South. Yeah. And segregation is strong in New England. Yes. Okay? It is real. And we have to stay on it to maintain and, and have organizations like Culture That's Fuck, <laughs> like Poets Realm in Bridgeport, like uh, like Hartford's Lit, Elm City Lit, and, and a, and a group of artists, young artists here in, in New Haven. Like when you see Elm City, look, we have we have Connecticut, we have global, regional, and local artists of color. Mm -hmm. And I purposely say of the African diaspora, yeah. no switch, nobody that switches, nobody that can walk into a room because they come from South America and say, I'm a color, I'm a person of color. Mm -hmm. You have to announce you're a person of color. No, I don't have to announce that I'm a person of color. So <laughs> I want people that when you walk in the room that you're clear. Right. <laughs> That's what we're black voices, black literature, oh, black yeah. arts and culture. I, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, Emily is shot. I shouldn't be sorry. I'm not sorry. I've had um, a large nonprofit, you know, that's here in London. I've met, <laughs> I've met uh, the leaders of this organization multiple times. I met them when I worked, you know, for another nonprofit arts organization. I met them again, you know, after I started, you know, started culture. They've come into my space, and it's like every single time I have to introduce myself, and it's like every single time they they pretend to not know what we do and who we are. Just this, a couple weeks ago, someone introduces this, this woman to me again. Oh, this is so-and-so from this organization. She says she doesn't know anything about culture. You guys should get connected. And I'm like, I've emailed this person. We've had a plan to meet on a Zoom meeting to connect our organizations. Um, this was pre-COVID and then COVID kind of you know blew things up. And this woman stood there and never corrected her and told her, oh no, I already know Juanita, I already know culture and I already know what they do in New London. We've been in the newspaper several times, not to you know toot my own horn, but it's like at this point, if you're an arts organization in New London and don't know culture and what we do, then you're not paying attention because you're, you're not. You're clearly not paying attention to you know an, to our community, and that's exactly why we exist. 
Um, so at this point, it's like if you don't know about us, I, I don't, I don't care. So one thing that I can say that Juanita is very good at is that when people try to work with us and they want to reach out, um, definitely we always open the door. But Juanita is good at making sure they know if we're going to do this program, we got to make sure that we are focusing on artists, musicians of color, that we're focusing on your artists. And with that, you know, you you do get people that feel uncomfortable and that may not feel as, as if they can. It's like, no, there shouldn't be anything wrong with us saying that we are here for the culture. Like, if that's an issue, then that's something that's that's not, that's a personal issue. That's nothing that we have to worry about, so. And just, and just write us a check and let us do what we gotta do. Right, or that, you know, you know I've had, I'm having in some conversations with, you know, um, another organization that's interested in, you know, doing a program. And so um, I don't know how that's going to go yet, but I'm hopefully it's, you know, it's like, you know, there's so many people that are like, how can we help? Can How can we support? Just give us money. <laughs> you know, all these organizations, all these black organizations, just support black organizations, support black business, support black people and just give them the money. We have the tools, we have the education, we have the knowledge, we have the skills we, to do what we need to do. We just need the financial resources a lot of the time. We don't need, you know, we don't need your input. Um, if you're really, you know, here for us and you truly, you know, stand by um, wanting to be an ally or stand by wanting to support these organizations, give us um, resources. the resources that we need. You know, don't let us do our programs. Let us do what we need to do. Um, we can do it. We do it well. We do it well with very little resources. Oh, we make do with what we what we got. We've always had to make do with what we have. Imagine if we had more on top of that. Um, the things we could do. So it's like if you want to support, a lot of times it's just give us the money. <laughs> and I think a lot of organizations who want to work with black organizations, organizations of color, they kind of come in like, okay, well, what do you need? I don't, I don't need your guidance. I don't I need set up an infrastructure. We've done right. all that. That's what brought you here. Like we just need the capital. Because right. a lot of times we're working in capitalism with no capital. Right. And folks don't want to trust us enough to donate or to really sow a seed. But that's all we need because, like you said, we make it shake with very little. And, right. that, and that has what has sustained Black people. And that's what makes us phenomenal because these people, they try all the time to cut us out, not give us the resources or do anything they can. They're like, damn, how are these people still fly? How are they still <laughs> and it's like we're going to prevail and i think I, I i wonder i wanted to ask you how do you all feel about how these organizations are treating organizations of color do you feel like it's even worth to kind of show up to them like let's work or do you think we kind of need to pull back and tighten up in our own um our own space and then when they want to come they can come but i but that kind you know that asking i feel like it's kind of getting dried up yeah i'm i'm kind of leaning towards that way um i'm not really asking at this point like i said if if an organization you know comes to us and wants to work with us and there's been no you know from my knowledge any you know wrongdoing on their parts mm -hmm. of how they treat um artists black artists, then sure, you know, we can have a conversation, we can, you know, work if I could see that there is um, good intentions there. I'm always open to working with someone. Um, there's other organizations where I'm like, no, they, they need to they need to be burned to the ground at this point, because um, there's no reforming them. 
you can't a, a fish is rotted at the head, they're rotted at the head and it needs to go. I'm I'm no longer at this point. Um, you know, people people, you know, because have asked me, like, oh well, don't you want to work with them or make it better? Or look one, I've already worked in this organization. I've worked in this organization, and I'm obviously talking about a specific one right now. I've I've worked there, I volunteer there, I've lived there. Um, there's nothing more that I can do. There's no reforming an organization um that's run by people who who, who don't get it, who are to do blunt racist. You're you're not going to be able to reform that because now it's like trying to reform a racist. You can't do that. You can't do that. Um, at least so, not in a, in a way that in, that's going to be effective. Um, so there's certain organizations where I'm like, there, if there's no change that's going to happen, I'm not here for trying to you know extend the olive branch or to to work with people or teach them. They always want you to teach people. Yes. It's not my labor to teach you, right? Oh, um, there are too many resources right now. There are too yeah. many people. The the internet is damn near free. Right. <laughs> you have orgs that will want to reach out and bring you know bring people aboard to help them. And on one on one end, it's it's admirable to want to get help, but on the other end, it's not the labor of black people right. to teach you and to you know commend you and to fix that to, to solve racism. And no, you know, no matter how you feel, actually, my friend quoted this the other day. No matter how you feel about Tyler Perry, um, one quote that he said is, "Stop trying to get a seat at the table and build your own table." And you know, in in since instances of that, we've run our open mics. We did a slam um, 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 co slam competition, and we had people from New York, Bridgeport, all over. We sold out. We had full seats in about 15, 20 minutes, mm -hmm. and we're like, we're clearly doing something right. So, I mean, at this point, even if it's just our small crew rocking, our small venue rocking, we'll ride with this till the wheels roll off because, you know, we're not looking to 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 reach out to, to uh, organizations that aren't really here for us. Right. And here's my thing. If you've been running an organization for 40 years, yes. if you truly care about, you know, changing this, this organization, changing the culture of this organization, then step down. Let someone else take the lead. Say, you know what? This we've been running this for so long. It's it's, it's not working. Um, we need to change. I you actually cared about this organization that you so-called built or whatever, then maybe it's time for you to step down. There's no reason why um someone should be running the same nonprofit since its inception. I don't I don't get that. Girl, um, girl, because they don't think of a legacy strategy. They they want to call you in. Right. As a black person, this how this is what happened to me. They want they want you to come to a series of meetings, yeah, or a meeting to talk about what they can do for your community. You could freaking hire people from the artists. Let's 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 think of a long term strategy, not right. just come in and give us an injection because right. that's what, that's what they do at Dwight Hall at Yale. I, I can say that. No. There's a there's a there's a, a a place at Yale called Dwight Hall. It's a nonprofit for students to volunteer. So students are going to Dwight Hall. The same students that in freshman year were told, "Don't go outside of the bubble. Don't talk to the people that clean your toilets and push your paperwork through, so you can be in school. Don't talk to them. Don't go out. Don't don't communicate with them outside of what you have to. But now you go you you a junior and you get you go to Dwight Hall and you say. Oh, I want to do this for the poor black people. No. Yeah. They need volunteer and internship hours now. No. no. You need to 
find like that needs to be restructured. Yeah. Okay. That needs to be restructured. That needs to be like the commute people from the community brought in and and let them do their thing. Right. And look and learn. Look and learn. Be a student right. of that community. Because right. nine times out of ten, when you graduate, you go into New York or Chicago or Boston or somewhere else right. where you think you're doing the community a favor. The communities. We have our resources. We are resilient people. We have our resources and we got this. Right. Right. And my, my, my other concern, like I said, with our community, we have to also value our artists. Yes. yes. Okay. It's bad enough. We got to go to white. We, we, we got to get our chops at the white organizations <laughs> because sometimes you work with a white organization. This happened too. You work for a white organization and everything you say or do is too radical or little you know or you didn't have enough experience for them, yeah. or, uh, 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 but then you then so you you get pushed out yep oh we can't find anybody with enough experience you ain't looking that hard right you don't want us to have that experience but when i leave you do just what the hell i just right exactly doing it ourselves that's why i love you all <laughs> for starting this i think emily has a question there I do. I do. I have a question for Josh. So um, I was on your site and I also peeped that Juanita did your site too. Yes. Um, so you had a quote, you said your gift is not your own. And from what I was reading kind of in your bio, it seems like you were hiding your gift. Um, can you break that down for me a little bit? I mean, easy. I'm a, I'm a black man that raps. Like that's, I mean, that's something that's very stereotypical, right? Um, I mean, flashback, I was in middle school and, you know, me and my friends always used to write goofy raps. We'd always like rap with our little microphones. Um, but when I, you know, I did go to DC, I went I went to Howard University, shout out HU. Um, started doing, I, I went to my first poetry events. And, you know, I've seen poetry, you know, growing up in the community, but that was the first time I was like, oh, I could do some of this. I started doing poetry. Um, now, I moved out to Cali at one point and I started like going to open mics and performing. And I was like, oh, like I could actually do this, you know, like this is something that I could possibly um, really cultivate. And um, so by the time I came back um, home, back to Connecticut about three years ago, I really was on the grind of trying to find an open mic, trying to get back into like really um, performing. Um, I linked up with Juanita at the open mic. Um, I linked up with Influence out in Bridgeport, BPT Creates. Um, and that year, Juanita was actually the first one to um, give me a feature. So that was my first time featuring as a poet, um, influence, poet and rapper. Influence allowed me to, to feature. I was in a slam competition. Um, to the point where Juanita tricked me into hosting poetry <laughs> events. Um, then Juanita was like, go, go read these names, go read these names. And um, I guess, you know, just being, just being a teacher and an educator, um, just naturally came into it. So the best feeling for me, of course, I love performing. I love getting the crowd to vibe and to rock, nod their heads. But the best feeling for me is to see like, a young poet or see someone that I know has talent and I can like, give them all this hype, hype them up and they finally get to the mic and share that and they get that that reassurance. They get that confirmation that no one else gives them. 
And something I said yesterday or, um, at the open mic, how many videos do we see of black people being killed, black people being persecuted? How many videos do you see on your streamline uh, all the time, right? How many videos or pictures do you have of yourself conquering, doing something that you're good at, like, and getting that feeling like, man, I did that. Like, there's times, there's times I gotta be like, Juanita, you see how many people came to our event? Like, Juanita, like, you did this, this is your baby, like, seriously. Um, and there's times, I, I'm not gonna lie, I see someone took a video of me hosting. And I was like, oh shit, like, I, I guess I am a okay host. Like, I'm, <laughs> we don't do that enough for ourselves. We don't do that enough. Okay. And when we can hype each other up, like, no, your gift is not your own. Like, you have a God-given gift, give it back. Like, stop singing, singing in the shower, come <laughs> sing to like sing out and, and get that energy out because you're gonna receive it right back. So I did have to stop getting caught up in being a, a stereotype that I'm a black man that wants to rap. And I now I own it, like, yes, and I get paid to do this. So, you know, think what you want, but I'm, I'm out here, you know, think that back to the community. So, absolutely. That's dope. And it's like, everything, you, the examples you gave, your ecosystem supported you. Juanita gave you an opportunity, influence gave you an opportunity, and that didn't come from nobody outside the culture. People who no. had your your best interests at heart, who saw your art for what it was from the beginning. Absolutely. And Juanita, you're a powerhouse. Like, I think you, we don't Can you say it again? Can you say it again? You are a powerhouse. Like, we don't give ourselves our flowers because, you know, it is to remain humble and this and that. But you are moving. You are shaking shit up. You own a space. Like, and from my understanding, it's a gallery as well, right? You are connecting bonds and connecting our people it, that we didn't have that before. New London is a, a stretch. It's yeah. definitely a stretch, but you have become a safe haven for those of us who are out there. Yeah. And I think if somebody came to you outside of art, like, listen, we, I got the issue. I feel like you would help. You would extend whatever resources you could to be there. And I think that's kind of speaking to Josh when he says, um, our gift is not our own. God has given us these things. He has anointed us with influence, whether it's rapping, singing, writing or business, we have a right, we have a, a duty to give that to each other because no one else is gonna do it for us. These people are not coming to help us. And that's, and I think that's okay. I yeah. think we need that. We need that disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. Because wow. you know, there's nothing wrong with sustaining yourselves. Like when, when um, cause early on too, when I was planning this about, started planning this about a year and a half ago, um the lit fest and i was saying i want i want to celebrate the literature and literary artists of the african diaspora only and they're like well why why are you having a black why why is it just black people why is it just the african diaspora why can't it be because you don't ask when there's an italian festival you don't ask anybody that's not italian Come back. When if they say a Jewish, yep. whatever, yep. They, they don't mind if everybody comes, but you're only going to get their culture. So yep. ask me that yep. exactly the way I look. Right. What other what other culture am I going to have? Look, I'm wearing Nina Simone, yeah. <laughs> right? Oh. <laughs> and she got that quote that says, "The duty of artists." 
is to reflect the times they're in. Yes. And who they and, and that's that's how you stay true to yourself. And it is also in the spirit of the Harlem Renaissance, where black arts was thriving. Right. And that's how I feel about our state, the our little state of Connecticut, that you could actually drive through in one day, you know, all these cities, that we gotta stay connected. Yes. We got culture that's fucked up there. We got Harford Slit. We got the poets realm and everything in, in between. Yeah. And we all have to connect. It ain't a competition. It's about having making our stand and 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 getting a part of this arts and culture money that right. comes into Connecticut. Right. Connecticut arts that department of arts and culture is a lot of money. <laughs> we need to get on some of that. And some of our people who spend a lot of money at the casinos need to, like, they win $500 where they can donate $100 right. from their 500 that they won on a slot machine or whatever, poker table. Because that's, a, I, I've been on people for years when they want, when there's a play or production or something. Because I'm also on the board for Collective Consciousness Theater Company here in New Haven. And it's like, oh, a play? It costs $20 to see a play? Yes. Didn't, you, didn't you just go to Foxwood? Yes. <laughs> didn't you just buy concert tickets that yes. were $150? Movie tickets. Movie tickets. You know, you don't, don't talk to me about seeing local artists right. and coming to support something local right. when uh, and wanting to come for free when right. you just did that. When you just spent $300 to see Beyonce at Mohegan something, wherever. Right. Yeah. Or, or bragging on Facebook that you went all the way down to New York to you drove to New York or took the train. Right. All of that. Don't tell me. And you got something right here. Oh, ain't nothing going on here. Yes, it the hell it is. <laughs> I say it all the time. Um, I'm like, oh, I, I drive to Bridgeport on a Wednesday to go to the um, open mic. Like you drive all the way to Bridgeport. I'm like, you go to Providence all the time. Same. Right. When y'all want to go to the club, y'all have no problem taking that 45 hour drive to Providence. And then like, aren't, but aren't you like, no, I'm not. Because if you go and you actually look around, ain't nobody worried about you. Right. Also, that's, you know, one of the things that, you know, I love about Josh and, you know, when we're first connecting and everything is that he'll ride solo to someone. Like, he, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't care. And I think more people, to do that sometimes so yeah. so many people are afraid to like go out and like go by themselves if they don't have anyone to go with and like you're missing out on experiences so much. because of you know that fear of being alone sometimes and you know when i saw josh would just like roll out to anywhere he like well i'm just rolling you want to roll i'm like i was down for a ride to enjoy um to enjoy people to enjoy our people black people to enjoy arts and culture i'm like yeah i'm down um so yeah, that was definitely one of the ways that we connected. Definitely, you know, people, people don't realize I've been driving out to Bridgeport for about three years now, and, and they'll think back like, "Oh, you were here for like a year, popping in." Yeah, and it's it doesn't take much to just show up and support. Yeah, it doesn't take much just to reshare stuff. Um, and that's really what we got to get to the heart of. Really, what like I was saying that love what Nita does. Like we always show love. What Nita always shows love. It doesn't matter. Doesn't mind giving you an opportunity or a platform to help show your skills or help, you know, um, build you up to somewhere you can be. Right. That's really cool. Now I like, um, I always think about that. Like I always like go on places by myself just to see like what is there, like where are we? 
because sometimes we forget. Like sometimes I forget, I'll use the ice cream. And you have so many great people that you way do. too, because it's hard to like talk to someone yes. or like interact, you know, outside of your little circle. Um, and that's how we've been able to meet so many great people, oh, yeah. you know, across Connecticut. Artists. And I, you know, you know, always our philosophy is like, you know, people, especially when you get into a small town, people talk so much about um, when no one's supporting what I'm doing. If you know, there's no support, local people don't support. I'm like, yes, they do. Um, but you have to give genuine support, you know, yes. without any expectation, yes. right? You don't go there, you know, expecting them, you know, right. to give you anything in return. No, right. out and show genuine support to people, and I feel like, you know. Our people always give it back. Um, I don't care what anyone says about the black community. They oh, show up and they support. You give people don't. love, you find the right people, they give it back. And you know, that's been my experience. And I think that's why we've been successful so far. Absolutely. And like Ife said, like we're not in competition with each other. We're not we wanna, you know, show each other love and lift each other up. Yeah, that's really important. It's really, really important. Um, I know I wanted to ask you know, in the times of COVID and these times of continuing, I won't say elevated, continuing uh, racial strife. Mm -hmm. um, what inspires y'all? Um, it's, it's easy to get, I know for me, it's easy to get kind of disheartened yeah. by the world. Um, but what inspires y'all? Um, <laughs> Well, I think it is kind of what, what, what Shah had brought up. Um, there's a point where I realized how, how much I've traveled and how many people I've met. Um, and yes, I, I just, I accepted that I'm an extrovert. So when, <laughs> when I can, you know, reconnect with people or even just check in on people, um, and, you know, I realized that they, they check in on me as well or even just seeing that genuine support. Like when I launched the website, um, I felt like it was a time where I could put music out for people like while they're home, like that was one thing. But seeing like the genuine support from people that I got, um, seeing like people genuinely just try to make the open mics that we had online, um, people seeing like people check in on me, like I really appreciated that more than I realized because usually I'm the one driving all around I'm the one dipping to DC real quick or, you know, yeah, I, I am that person. But I, I do realize that having a, a tribe, a community that I really do have around me, extended tribe out in Bridgeport, out in New Haven, um, and seeing them really give that, give that love back, genuinely caring um, about, you know, seeing me succeed and progress. Um, there's a lot of people that will just be like, that's dope. But then there's, there's, having those people that will go and give you specific extra ways that I can improve or give me specific ways that they, they um, what they um, um, really enjoy about me. And they're like, Josh, we'll make sure we drive out to New London because of the support that you've given us. I did have a moment one day when I was like, man, like we have some heavy hitting poets that came out to our little part of New London. And you know, Juanita had to be like, Josh, like they came because you showed them so much support. Like seriously, you, you built this this bridge. And I was like, okay, having those moments where you can, you know, self-reflect um, and, and can look back on that, it really does show you how, how talented or just how powerful you really are. And it does keep me motivated 
because I can look back on that and say there's there's much more that we can do. Um, so yeah, that, that keeps me pushing. Um, for me, it's, it's seeing the joy of our people, um, you know, despite everything that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, what keeps me going. Um, there's been times with even just within our friend group, you know, I've had to tell our friends, we'll, we'll be going off, going off with the white folk and, you know, everything that's going on. And I'm like, no, y'all, know what? We're not doing this right now. We're not, we're not going to center that. We're going to center ourselves and center our joy. And we're going to you know, reach this conversation. Um, so there's definitely been times, you know, these last few months where we really have to be about, you know, what we're focusing on, what we're centering on to make sure that we're not giving too much energy to, you know, to all of everything that's going on negatively and making sure that we're still centering our joy. Um, when it comes to like culture and the things that we do for me, you know, Josh knows I give him a lot of anxiety before events. Um, I start stressing out and freaking out. I'm like, why do I do this? Why did I start this? Like, what's the point? Like, this is just this is stupid. Um, but then after the event, usually I'm probably like halfway through when it's kind of just flowing and I'm seeing everyone, um, seeing everyone's joy. Um, having a good time, the reception that people give, I'm like, this is why I do this. Um, it's, you know, it's always that reminder each time that I'm like, okay, now I remember. Now I remember, you know, why I do this, why we put this effort on. Um, and just having that is what kind of centers me, brings me back. And so that's what keeps me going each time um, for each event, seeing people's love. So can I also add, we, we had one person that was like, oh, I just saw this on Facebook, so I drove an hour down. And I'm like, Juanita, like you're <laughs> you're doing something right. Like you have people that see it and they know it's a vibe and they're working, they're willing to drive. So that's dope. It's like when you're doing the right thing, everything falls into place. Like when you're working with God and the divine, everything just it's yeah. like, whoa, where did this come from? Like, where did these people come from? You heard about this from where? And it's like, yeah, no, we, I'm here. Like, I'm with you. There we, is we one. Go hard, hold on. We go hard enough because we see her vision. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> no, don't freaking do that. Um, we, we see the team, like, the team really rally around her. First day, she told me, like, oh, I want to do this, that. We could work for ourselves. I was like, bet. Like, I'm here. <laughs> And I don't think she, she thought I was serious. I was like, no, like I'm here. What do you need me to do? No, yeah. I'm painting spaces. Josh has like, been here from day one. When you have a clear so vision, it helps us rally around that. Mm-hmm. Um, now I was gonna say one uh, great moment during you know the pandemic for one of our virtual events. Um, uh, it had to be it had to be talking shit, I guess. Um, and so we just had the DJ like, you know, rocking, Corey was playing the rocking and playing music. And so the event was supposed to be over, but we still had like 20 people logged yeah. on. So I was like, well, I guess we're just going to keep vibing yeah. out with the music. And yeah. like, we're just jamming. People were like, you know, we were talking a little bit, but people were just really there to see people and feel the music. People and like, dancing in right. And like, it was just going and going. And I'm like, you know, if you guys are here, I'm here for it. And so that was really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, that was definitely during, like, right in the middle of everything. Yeah. Um, so, like, knowing that we were able to give that space to people um, to just feel and, um, and vibe out was really cool. So that's one of the great moments from virtual events that I can say was. You know it's a good event when the let out is popping. And you know right. it's stupid right. when the virtual let out is popping. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now, Josh, are you still teaching in the public school? Yes, so I'm still teaching at, um, yes, I'm just still teaching. <laughs> How has it, how, are you um, in person? Is it online? What it, What's some energy you're getting from the students? How are our young people right now? Wow. Okay, so uh, it's so exhausting. I, I can't use any other word. It's so exhausting. <laughs> I, I think that it's specifically here. My frustration is there needs to be better communication. There's not, there's not great communication with the families, the kids. Um, it's not great communication with our low-income families of color, right? I'm not going to just group them all together, but low-income families, families of color, our, our second language learners, um, it's, it's not enough. And now what we're seeing is um, we went from, you know, a couple hundred students um, opted out because they're giving them the option to stay home. Now we have almost 1,300 students opting out because there's not enough communication and they don't feel comfortable. Oh and now, right now, what you have is you have um, you know a hybrid case where students are on you know Monday, Tuesday, or they're on um, Thursday, Friday, and then you also have students at home. Now, as a student, I have to have all these classes, only see you twice a week and I have to do things online. Um, that's a lot, you know? And I think that we need to have more um, resources as far as internet, as far as computers, as far as, um, you know, you need to hire more staff, right? We need more funding for teachers. You need more psychologists, you need more therapists. You need more training for teachers. Um, on the teacher side of things, I'm now teaching one class that's written two and split into a third where students are at home. So I have, to, I have to teach students in front of me, I have to have my computer up, and then I teach students on Thursday, Friday. And specifically my grievance is, I'm gonna say it, I don't care. Specifically my, my grievance is this, I'm like no, there are, there are companies that are, that are profiting off of the pandemic. Yeah. You have companies saying, oh, y'all need computers? Cool. Here's some computers, but you have to use our program. Now you have it being pushed down to the teachers where, oh, we're going to use a new program. Yeah. He has a technology. I teach engineering. I'm like, you saw the struggle that students have when you change the program. You see this, this struggle that teachers have when you change our program. Now you want to do this and give us training a week before classes start? You're setting the teachers up to fail. You're setting the students up to fail. There's already a gap after the um, pandemic, after the quarantine, there's already a gap between our students. We know which students are being left behind. Right. Parents are talking about making pods. We know which parents can afford pods right. and can afford tutors. Right. And, and you and people get so caught up in like the word defund, fund education, right? right? You, you, you have a place in New London where their um, their uh, budget increased 28%, while the education um, system budget increased by 1%. Wow. Things are matching up. And if you're really talking about you care about the youth, uh -huh. like get more black educators, because in Connecticut specifically, just like you said, it's not that, you know, oh, oh well, segregation happened in the South. No, you guys aren't hiring people. There's black educators, there's right. black people in these positions, we can see the statistics, them are hiring them. Right. right. So now we're here with students that are floating in the wind, uh -huh. preparing them for college, 
and they, they are ill-equipped. Teachers are ill-equipped. And and honestly, it's frustrating beyond words. And that's why I'm 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 now on committees, just like was said before. I'm not the token, I'm not your creon, I'm not your token person. If you want to make a statement, first thing we're gonna say in this statement is a statement doesn't mean anything right. until you Right. Like if you want you want me to write a statement, I'll write a statement. Where's this the action? doesn't mean anything right. until we have action, possible. right? And, and, you know, that's really where they have me talking to newspapers. They have me sending emails because I'm not, I refuse to be quiet about this while we have students suffering and our students are suffering. And we need more people like you and others to stand up because there, there's also with the segregation of the North, there has been um, self-restraint or fear of oh my god if i say something uh, something's gonna happen so yeah. they, they force that right. they they make that they make that atmosphere where they say as a educate as a as a you know educator or, or, or teacher you can't talk about this so now i'm i'm where like we had a we had a protest with the um columbus statue and i and then it's like a tongue in cheek type of thing where some teachers are like, oh, you know, appreciate you speaking. And then we have a training about being careful about speaking and what you post and what you No, Like if y'all, if y'all want to fire me, that's fine. Like I'll be okay. I will be, I'll fight all right. But I can't bite my tongue and be so worried about, um, you know, for my image. When I have students that are telling me like, Mr. Brown, would you let your kids go back to in a pandemic? And I have to answer to them, and I and I have to be honest. I'm like, no, no, you know, like I can't, I'm not gonna lie just to protect my little bit of a check. Mm -hmm. Little, right? I'm not. Mm -hmm. So, on the subject of all that, of insane and sync with all that, and and thinking about um, the Lit Fest coming up at the yeah. end of the month. Yes. So exciting. Yes. With cultured as fuck will be will be presented. Listen, if y'all are listening yes. on Saturday, September 26th at noon, you tune in to Cultured as Fuck for as part of the Elm City Lit Fest. That is their segment mm -hmm. at 12 noon. We we like people to get on Eventbrite on our site, right on, on our Facebook page, and like uh, register because we want a head count. We got we got to show some numbers so right. we can <laughs> get a couple of dollars. We can say like no, people came. Um, but on, on that note, Josh, I want to ask if you could give us a little something, something, a little taste of you know, a little something as, as we're winding down. So I'm I'm gonna do two things for you. Um, I'm gonna give you a little taste. I'm gonna give you a little taste of who we have coming to y'all. And then yes, I will do a poem for you guys as well. Um, so number one, I'm excited. We are excited. You can see me over here trying to contain myself. Um, <laughs> we have to you, Sammy Chiba. For those of you that know Bridgeport, y'all know him as a guitarist, now vocalist, singing, singing yeah. as well. Sammy Chiba will be on guitar as a part of one of the artists yeah. that we're presenting. Um, Ashley will be another person that we're presenting. She's a drummer, um, all around dope person that we've been able to meet at one of our events. She'll be coming in as drums. We're excited to have her a part of that. Um, Finn, Finn, definitely if you are in the Bridgeport, New Haven area, you've heard her sing. You've heard her on key. Oh, yes. They yeah. are amazing, Thanks, down to earth. 
and um, overall just for the vibe and the culture. And um, so we're excited to add them to the roster of um, who we'll be presenting. And um, rounding us off will be um, Juanita, Drea. Um, they not are, me. No, no, not, not different Juanita. <laughs> they are actually the, the new um, executive, executive director, director of Writers, Writers Block. Block. So um, they, they teach poetry. They were one of our um, slam competitors. Um, and they'll also be doing a poetry um, uh, poem um, as well. And last but not least, before I forget, uh, we have the lovely Erica Ortiz, who will right. be doing and I'm also um, poetry. doing poetry as well. Um, so we have a, a stack. And Josh is performing um, as yes, well. Yes, I'm performing <laughs> as well. Um, Yay! Yes. Um, so I'm excited just because we want to get you some musicians, some poets. So I'm, I'll maybe rapping, um, some singers. We want to give you a, a taste of everything. Um, we, we are excited to present these people just because they've always shown love to us. And we want to make sure that we show love and highlight them because they are ridiculous. They are ridiculously <laughs> talented artists. Um, but yeah, I mean, with that, I can go into a poem that I enjoy um, because it's called Too Broke to Teach. Um, <laughs> so, so, I usually tell my students to stop cussing, but fuck it, I'm going through something. First world problems really amount to nothing, but these bills amount to something. I got a bill for an emergency visit, three different bills for the same visit, one for the driver, the doctor, and his staff. I just sit back and laugh like they hand me the gas. Let me just ask, what more am I worth than my debt? Let me just ask, what more am I worth than my debt? Because the way they keep on calling like they sponsor my death, at least the life insurance is a reliable check. Let me just check. Damn. He's still breathing, make it count uneven. Need to get the fuck up off his ass and stop streaming. I work a full-time, part-time, and I ain't making shit. They let me waste. I work a full-time, part-time, and I ain't making shit. They let me work overtime in my full-time, part-time, and I still ain't making shit. You think I'm making this up for the rhyme? I barely got the time. In between grading papers and receiving job indicators. Woosa. But I'm the one that decided to be an educator. You see, I found out I'm too broke to teach. I left a well-paying job that granted stressed me the fuck out, but damn it, how could I manage my passion when the bill collectors keep asking, granted, walls my demeanor, and I ain't got warm welcomes for you asking me to stay late. See, I would love to, but I'm not getting paid what I was expecting to. So I had to pick up another job. You trying to slave my ass till daybreak. You gonna get these grades when I say so. Pardon me. I'm just trying to mold minds and form knowledge like halos. See, I found out I'm too broke to teach. You think my anger would subside? Well, teachers get compensated by the service they provide. Well, you can service these bills I'm neglecting. I guess you'll respect my absence since you never respected my presence. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a feeling. It's a feeling. <laughs> you say you're muted. <laughs> I was mute myself, so I make no noise right now. Uh, <laughs> but yes, we are so looking forward to all that you all will be bringing to enrich.
the Elm City Lit Fest. I want to repeat, everyone watching us right now, Elm City Lit Fest will be Saturday, September, virtually Saturday, September 26th and Sunday, September 27th. We have a full schedule, y'all, beginning at 10 a.m. with uh, Children's Lit will be Abdul Razak Zachariah, New ha uh, from West Haven, New Haven area, and Sharika Ford and Mahogany Lowry. And at 12 noon, we're going to have cultured as fuck in all that they bring. Yes. <laughs> and after cultured as fuck at 2 p.m., we will have is the, okay, Emily, help me with the schedule. Help. Yeah, we'll have Connecticut's lit. We'll have, um, we'll We're have, have Poet Sun. Lit. We're going to have Poet Sun. And Dime, Frederick, Frederick Douglass Knowles will be back with us. The Poet Laureate. Mm -hmm. T'Challa Nzima, the from Hartford Lit, will be there. And T'Challa and Nzima from Hartford Lit, because we go, so we that's, that's the CT Lit part. And as a another treat after the heart after that we will have graphic uh graphic blacks what what, what is that section called graphic novelist cartoonist with black stuff we're gonna have Michelin and that what that will be headed by professor bill foster um and it's going to have a man named Alex Simmons who does Disney. He did some some uh, graphic work on Black Panther, mm -hmm. and we will have we're possibly going to have uh, another man, David Walker, who did Luke Cage. If everybody remembers that from Netflix, mm -hmm. we have a sister, Micheline Hess, because we got to throw some feminine energy up in it. You know, because we got some representation. So it's going to be, it, it's, and then in the evening, we are going to have the word poets from New Haven, young people uh, doing it, spitting their words, and Black voices at Yale Drama School. Because when the Black people come to Yale, there's mm -hmm. nobody who's using them. Like, come right. on now. Come on. All right. And then on Sunday, we start off on Sunday with a 90-minute uh, poetry writing salon with Sonnet Man. Sonnet Man is Devon Glover. He's from Brooklyn. This brother was a, t a math teacher, and he started rapping his math lessons. Uh. And somebody asked him uh, if he would do the Shakespeare sonnets. So if you look up Sonnet Man's website, Sonnet Man NYC, you hear Devon rapping, like changing it all up, all in rhythm. He is fabulous. And he's been all over the world in Shakespeare festivals in his Brooklyn self. <laughs> and then uh, we will have a black lit, the, the, the significance of black literature and we're going to have dr brenda green who is talib quelle's mom and she is the director of the center for black literature at medgar evers college city university of new york and she runs the 
the National Black Writers Conference annually. That's also coming up in November. Um, and it will, and that will be facilitated by Ron Cavanaugh, who runs the Mosaic Literary Conference in in um, the Bronx, and has an uh, Casa Maria book um, book club and another. He has, he has lots of Mr. Ron is tapped in. <laughs> okay. And then we will have Black Voices in Theater with Terrell McRaney, who is the creator, writer, director of Moonlight. Moonlight. Um, along with Dexter Singleton of Collective Consciousness Theater here and Sharice Salem of Vintage Soul Productions. So we're going to have... Just a short list. (laughs) (laughs) All black. (laughs) Okay. Because we can, we utilize our own talent. Yes. yes, and it is in the spirit. I'm creating. We are creating a, a, a cultural renaissance yes. for the African diaspora here in Connecticut. Yes. Matter of fact, we need to hook up Juanita and, and do a conference. Let's do yes. that. Yes. arts conference, girl. Yes. Let's put that on the checklist after this is done because this is major. <laughs> You know, doing a virtual thing is almost as much as doing a physical thing. Yeah. If not more. If not more. So we hope to see everyone. We are so glad to see everybody um, on on Facebook. I shared it. I did a I did a watch party as a few people up here. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> and we wanna thank you all like from the bottom. We we're so grateful. That's all I can say. We're just so grateful, yeah. you know, and the, the abundance. We're going we gonna to make Connecticut, like I said, we're going to let them know there's some black folks in Connecticut. Yes. They don't okay. find they out. They can segregate us if they want to, because before <laughs> segregation, black people was proper, prospering. Right. 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 So we, we won't need your conference. We won't need your stuff. So with that, I got to say good night. Good night. We're we running out of time. Yes. But Lit Fest will be lit September 26th and 27th. And we'll be back in two weeks. All right. Thank Thank you. you. Blessings. Thank you.